The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Hi, this is part two of a podcast on the military briefing that I attended, so to speak, when I went to an Advent retreat last December. Be sure to listen to part one before you listen to part two or, okay, so you're listening to this right now, go ahead and finish listening to it, but be sure to go to my website, the Footsteps to Heaven website, to get part one because it will help bring into focus more clearly what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. The Footsteps to Heaven website is footstepstoheaven.com. In that last episode, I was talking about this Advent retreat that I had gone to that was felt very much like a military briefing where what was revealed to us was what evil has been doing in the world and what God has been doing and what God is planning to do to defeat evil. I'm going to continue now with where I left off in the last podcast about some of the the things that I learned in this military briefing. One of the most important things, and I shared this in the last podcast, one of the biggest things that came out of this military briefing was fear not, do not be afraid. We who are followers of Christ have nothing to be afraid of. Even if we get sick from the coronavirus, even if we die from it, there's nothing to be afraid of if we're with Christ. We have salvation. We can turn our sufferings into blessings by using our sufferings to pray for others. And as a matter of fact, that's what God is calling us to do. We are all suffering from our lives being shut down, normal life being taken from us. We've lost jobs or we've lost income. We've lost the ability to work like normal. We've lost the ability to go shopping. You know, we've lost our entertainment sources. We can't go to that ball game anymore. We've lost kids being able to go to school and so forth. We've lost a lot. We've lost being able to go to mass and receive the Holy Eucharist. We've lost being able to go to confession. But creatively, there are ways to safely go to confession. There are ways to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And we do need to invite our priests to safely open up the church, the ministry of the church for these sacraments. I'm not going to get into all that right now because I could go off on a whole tangent on that. But the point I'm trying to make is we are called to offer up the sufferings we feel from these things being taken away from us 
for those who don't even know Jesus or don't even know Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. The people who are mediocre in their faith. And we need to repent. We need to use our sacrifices to repent of the ways we've taken our faith for granted. We've taken Jesus for granted. We've taken the Eucharist. We've taken the Mass for granted. We haven't enthusiastically poured our hearts out to the Lord during Mass. We haven't given Him our whole self during Mass, loving Him with our whole heart, our whole life, our whole being. You know, in Mass, I can't help but, you know, I want with the songs, you know, I want to, you know, be beep-bopping along with the songs because my whole body wants to pray in these songs, participate fully in the Mass. Of course, I keep it down because in my culture, it's not something that you do and I don't want to draw attention to myself. We need to be able to be that kind of Christian where we wholeheartedly, including with our bodies, worship and adore the Lord. This is the kind of faith God wants us to have. And I do believe we as Christians are being chastised for not having that kind of faith if we are people who haven't. Some people listening to this might have that kind of faith. Kudos to you if you are that kind of person. Be a role model for the rest of us. We are being chastised by things being taken away from us. Our very ability to go to church being taken away from us because You don't know what you got until it's gone. That old cliche is so true. We appreciate things much better when it's been taken away from us for a while. God is waking up the church. And God is waking up the world. And that's really what I want to focus most on in this episode of Footsteps to Heaven. How God is waking up the world to the truth about Jesus Christ. Before I get into that, I just want to continue to share with you some of what I learned in the military briefing because it all fits together. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, God tells us, do not fear, little flock. He's taking care of us. He's taking care of you. Even while we are being chastised for not living the faith fully alive. Hope is always the message of God the Father. Any messages that we hear on social media or in the news that distracts us from hope, we need to put aside and put our eyes back onto Jesus. Because even when we're being chastised, God is giving us hope. He says, repent and you shall be saved. Repent, and you will be purified. Repent, and you will be closer to me. Repent, and you will be filled with my Holy Spirit more than you've ever felt it before. Repent of not having a fully alive relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I will make miracles happen through you. You know, God wants us to live like the first Christians did. Read the book of Acts to see what normal Christian living is supposed to look like. A couple of years ago, I was attending a spirit-filled Catholic charismatic conference. The charismatic renewal is supposed to be where the Holy Spirit is alive and active, taking over people's lives so that we grow in holiness. And in that holy relationship united to the Holy Spirit, Jesus works miracles through us. At this uh, particular conference, and I've seen it at other conferences too, but I'm talking about a particular conversation I have with God. 
at this particular conference, we had a healing mass and not much happened that was very exciting. If there was any miracles that happened, the people kept to themselves about it. I didn't see any evidence of the supernatural happening. And I asked the Lord, why not? And he said, my people need to repent. Repentance comes before miracles. Miracles cannot happen unless we are willing to change. Jesus healed people sometimes even before they repented, but he always said to them, go and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. This is what's happening today, my friend. God is saying, repent. I'm getting your attention. This coronavirus, it may be from the devil. I do think the, the coronavirus initiated from hell, but God is making good come from it. Tremendous good. Oh my gosh, tremendous good. Way more than, you know, evil is, you know, demons are sitting back going, uh-oh, what did we unleash here? This isn't good. Look at how many more people are praying now than ever prayed before. Look at the unity of Catholics and, and Protestant Christians coming together, praying, coming together, not physically, but coming together over the internet, coming together in their own homes, united in prayer. And demons can do nothing but sit back and watch. We are already defeating them just by our increased prayer life. But I diverge from the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is we need to repent in order for God to work through us in mighty ways. And we have been, especially in my culture, you know, other cultures, not so much so, but in Western cultures, the more advanced civilizations, we have been taking advantage of how easy life can be with all of our advancements and technology. And, you know, there's, there's been so much that we rely on that's not God. And the devil's taken advantage of that to pull our eyes, our focus off of Jesus. And we have succumbed to that in varying ways. And we need to repent of this. So at this charismatic conference, when the Lord told me, the people need to repent, and then they will see miracles. He also told me, get the word out about this. I mean, I was just filled with that. And so I share that with you now as I've also shared it in past podcasts and writings. There is something really important going on that has to do with repentance. Take a look at the timing. We can learn a lot about what God is doing when we look at the timing of things. This pandemic, and it's taking everything away from us, so much away from us, is happening during Lent. All of the world is being forced to do Lenten penance, whether they like it or not, whether they believe in Jesus or not, whether they intend to do penance or not, whether they understand what penance can do for them. God in his great, great mercy is giving a penance to everyone and making it so that they have to go through it. They don't really have to. I mean, we're all free to physically leave our homes. We're not locked into our homes. We can go out and mingle with people and, and go to bars and, and go to restaurants. That you know, Where I live, for example, 
the restaurants are open who do deliveries, who do takeouts. And so Ralph and I, my husband, Ralph and I wanted to help our local economy by doing takeout dinner last weekend. And we went to a restaurant. We had phoned ahead our order. And there was several other cars that were also waiting for their takeout meals. But some of the people got out of their cars and went into the restaurant. They broke the six-foot distance rule. They were inches away from the waitresses. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Now I'm going to eat the food that these waitresses have served. And the boxes that they gave us the food in after I put it at home onto our plates, our dinner plates, we washed our hands in case the coronavirus had gotten onto those boxes. God isn't literally forcing everybody to do penance, but out of necessity, if we want to stay healthy, we are doing penance, whether we believe in Christ or not. The whole world is doing a Lenten sacrifice. And what's the purpose of a Lenten sacrifice? We're supposed to give up things for the sake of becoming holier, for the sake of repentance, which means changing, being different people after Lent than we were before Lent. We've gotten lazy in this. We Christians who understand what Lent is have gotten lazy in this. We maybe give up chocolate for Lent or coffee for Lent. Big deal. How does that purify us? How does that make us holier? It might make us grouchier. We need to become holy. We need to do Lenten sacrifices that make a difference to our eternal souls. And then in turn, make a difference in the world as we go out being more like Christ than ever before. And we haven't, for the most part, been doing that. Now we're doing that. It's been foisted upon us by this pandemic. We're making painful sacrifices. So, you know, I say, if you gave up chocolate for Lent, go ahead and eat your chocolate now because you're doing a much more difficult Lent. God gives us the Lent we need, not the Lent we choose. At least that's what he's doing this time, this year. This is a rare, beautiful opportunity. God is doing something amazing. And instead of looking at what we don't have and our anger about that and our frustration and our sorrow, we need to look with hope because God is a God of hope, faith and love. God is giving us out of love for us an experience that is going to make us holier. An experience that brings into the world what I heard about from this military briefing that I I call that retreat that I went to last December. For example, one of the things that was prophesied at this retreat that I attended is that the kingdom of the divine will is coming. We are now experiencing the kingdom of the divine will. It is God's divine will that we stop everything and reflect on our lives and reprioritize our lives and reflect on what's really important and how important is going to mass really to us. That's the beginning of the period of divine will, the era of divine will that has now begun. The kingdom of the divine will is coming, was prophesied in December. This is when the Holy Spirit is so prevalent that it will become natural to do his will. Okay. Let's, again, look at the timing of things. We're going through Lent right now. What happens after Lent? 
Easter. I don't know whether God's timing for the end of the pandemic or the end of the dangers we're allowed to now go back to church, we're allowed to leave our homes, we're allowed to go back to work. I don't know if that's going to happen in time for Easter, but I wouldn't be surprised. But whenever it happens, it will be a time of new life. It will be a time of resurrection. Our world is going through a type of a crash, a type of a death that will produce new life. I think our societies are not going to look the same after normal life comes back, whatever normal is going to look like. Whatever has been normal life, I don't think is going to come back. There's going to be a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done. And in that, there's a lot of grace. And in that is our resurrection period that the world will go through. If God's putting the whole world through Lent, he's going to put the whole world through resurrection. And what comes after the Easter season? Pentecost, the time when the Holy Spirit and we celebrate the Holy Spirit being given to us by Jesus when he ascended into heaven. He did that so that the Holy Spirit could come down upon all of us. And the age of the Holy Spirit is the age of holiness and miracles. It is through, read the book of Acts, it is through the Holy Spirit that people were converted by the thousands. It was not just by the word of the truth being spoken, but it was when the truth was backed up by the power of God. Read the book of Acts. You'll see that time and time again. That's what God is aiming for now. We have been speaking the truth as a church for a long time and the world's not listening. Our loved ones who have left the faith, they're not listening. They feel like they're getting as much or more out of their lives without the church. So why go to church? It's because our truth speaking is not backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's the age that's coming. This is what can give us hope right now as we're going through these very difficult times. And we who have this military insider information this, from this military briefing, we who have this insider information should be using the time we have now to offer up what is painful, what is difficult, what is a hardship as a sacrifice to the Lord on behalf of those who don't need, they need to be offering up a sacrifice. We need to spend this time praying for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us like never before and to fill our whole church like never before. This is a, a very important, very important time. God is doing something mighty in his great mercy. We need to spend our time now preparing for what's to come. Think about you know, what happens just before Easter. We have the passion and death of Christ. We're going right now through a passion and a death, a suffering and a death, the death of what was normal life. What happened next? Jesus was placed in the tomb. Holy Saturday, there is no mass on Holy Saturday. We celebrate on Saturday night Normally, when, you know, when we can get to church, when church is available to us again, Saturday night is the vigil mass for Easter. But Saturday day, Easter day has no mass, has no Eucharist. We cannot receive the Eucharist on Holy Saturday. 
we are going through a very long Holy Saturday now. A very long tomb time. I call this the Saturday of the tomb. We are all in the tomb with Jesus, waiting for the resurrection. But there will be a resurrection because after every crucifixion, every cross we carry, every sacrifice we make, there is a resurrection. So what are we doing with our tomb time? That is what we need to pay attention to. What is God calling us to do with our tomb time? We need to be praying for those who don't yet know the importance of belonging to Christ or don't yet believe in Jesus in the Eucharist. So that when Easter comes for the world, we have been God's partner in bringing more people to Easter, more people into discovering Christ. Christ is risen. Christ is alive. That's going to be our message when this pandemic is over. Christ is alive. Right now, our message should be keep your eyes on Jesus and unite your sufferings to him and his sufferings on the cross for the redemption of the world. When our Easter comes, when the pandemic is lifted from us and we begin to enter into new life, our message needs to be Jesus is alive. And then we need to be praying, come Holy Spirit, fill our church, fill my parish, fill my family, fill myself. That's where we start with ourselves. With the Holy Spirit, like happened in the first century in the book of Acts. Come Holy Spirit, fill us like we have never seen it before. Because that's what God wants. That's what God is leading up to. And I want to bring into this something that I learned a long time ago in researching sociological dynamics. There are four basic phases that society, our world, the society goes through. I like to label those four phases this way. There's the heroic age. There's the building age. There's the, okay, we've got everything going nicely, so let's start thinking about ourselves phase, and we start rebelling. And then there's the, oh, I'm lost in the rebellion, and let's just take this as far as we can go. And then something happens that snaps us all back to the heroic age. Basically, it happens for reasons I can't go into right now. If you want to learn about this, read the book. Hopefully, it's still out there. Um, It was published a couple decades ago called The Fourth Turning. The Fourth Turning. Each one of these periods lasts about 20 years. The amount of time it takes for a, a child to be born and then become an adult. The authors of this book go back centuries into history to show how this cycle repeats itself. It happens all the time. The heroic age, very briefly in a nutshell, is when something traumatic, something big happens that brings forth heroes. The last time that happened was when we had the two world wars and the Great Depression. It rebooted society. It destroyed a lot of things. It caused the loss of a lot of life. It caused a lot of angst. You know, people went through wondering if they were going to be bombed, for example. And I don't know what that's like to go through that. But we almost, in America, 
the United States came to that in 2001 when terrorists destroyed, you know, flew those airplanes into the World Trade Towers. That was happening about the time when we should have been going into the fourth turning, the fourth turning being when things begin to, to turn into the heroic age. In the time of the World Wars and the Great Depression, the servicemen, the, the warriors who went to fight against evil, against the evils of Hitler and, and the takeover of, by Japan, these people were real heroes. And we had heroes back home Factories stopped producing, like automobile factories, for example, stopped producing automobiles. They then started producing stuff for the war effort. And that's happening now, where factories are producing the equipment that's needed to fight the, the coronavirus and to help people heal. So you see the parallel I'm making here? The coronavirus is bringing upon the world a new turning. And heroes are coming out of this but the, the heroic age should have really have started a generation ago and we almost had that happen you remember after 9-11 in 2001 everybody started going back to church everybody started praying but you know our government is very good at providing safety and we quickly forgot how much we needed the lord well now god is providing something that is getting everybody's attention the government is doing its best to help us, but this is beyond the government's ability to totally make us safe. We are entering into the period, we're going through a, a compressed period of time of a disaster pulling society together, which is what happened in the World Wars period of the heroic age. Society's coming together. People in society, I should say, coming together to be community. This is happening now. We are coming together even though we are physically apart from each other. Then comes the builder age. That's when the recovery efforts begin. And I do believe that, I, I think what we're going through right now is, we can call it the rebooting of society. When your computer crashes, what happens? You might have to get a new computer. And then setting up all of the, the the new equipment, you know, can be a pain in the neck. So we're going to go through a pain in the neck period of rebuilding some very tough times, but it will produce wonderful results. We are going to have a new world, a new society, a resurrection of new life. We're going to be soon entering into the rebuilding age. And that, my friend, is what we need to keep our focus on. We, through Christ, have nothing to fear, but let's participate as his warriors. Jesus says, I don't want warriors. I want warriors. Let's participate in helping the kingdom of God produce what it wants to produce out of this very difficult pandemic, this very difficult time, this Lenten period that the world is going through. So let's pray now. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, use me. Come Holy Spirit, renew the whole church. Come Holy Spirit, renew my parish. Come Holy Spirit, begin with me. You have my permission to change me. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources 
and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.